Welcome to Motherload, a podcast for ambitious entrepreneurial mothers who are navigating the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful when it comes to the relationship between their desire to succeed and their devotion to motherhood. I'm your host, Lindsay Roselle, a serial entrepreneur, growth and performance coach, and boy mama of two. Each week, I'll bring you solo episodes, engaging interviews, and candid conversations that expand your capacity to do both things well, help you feel less alone, and hopefully bring a little levity to what can otherwise feel like a very heavy load. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Today is a little mini episode. I want to tell a little story of something that I've been working through over the last few weeks here as the first few weeks of kindergarten have elapsed and some stuff that's come up for me and what I've worked through, like the lessons I've learned out of it, and also invite a deeper conversation that I think is warranted based on what I've witnessed in this process. So jumping right in, if you're familiar with the elementary school, most elementary schools these days, I think, have this pressure on parents or this ask of parents to volunteer in the classroom. And my son's charter school is no different. They really stressed that when we were at the parent information night before he was even accepted through the lottery system. And they stressed that at back to school night. You know, we really, really want you guys to be volunteers in the classroom. Now, remember, Sawyer only goes half time, two days a week, two full days a week and one half day a week. So there's a volunteer coordinator in the classroom. We get an email a couple weeks ago with a Sign Up Genius link. And a Sign Up Genius is basically an online portal where she had loaded in all the spots that were available for volunteering the whole semester. And you can go in and sign up for the spots that you want. Now, there was no instruction about limits or anything like that. So this email comes out over Labor Day weekend. I don't open the link until the Tuesday after Labor Day weekend. And by that point, every single spot was taken and every single spot was taken by a handful, literally less than five parents. And they had signed themselves up for like 10 or more spots each. And when I initially saw this, my initial reaction was, huh, like maybe I missed something. (laughs) So like I, what? So I send an email back to the volunteer coordinator and I say, hey, like maybe there's a mistake. I, I don't see any spots available. Could you send an email out and see if maybe people didn't realize that there's other people that hadn't signed up yet? Never got a response to that email. But a couple of days later, the kindergarten teacher herself sent out an email basically saying to parents, like, thank you so much for your interest. This is such an amazing response. If you're willing to give up a spot or two, please do so that other parents can have a shot. But it was a very like passively worded email. So I logged in that day. I logged in the next day. Still no spots available. Those same people that had taken like between 8, 10, 12 spots each, none of them gave up spots. So I email the kindergarten teacher back and I say, hey, like, thanks for sending this. Perhaps maybe a little stronger wording would help asking people to limit the number of spots they picked to three, you know, since there's 20 families in this class and it looks like five or six families took all the spots. Well, didn't get a response to that email either. <laughs> and so I've refreshed the sign up genius a couple times a day for the last week and still no spots. So on, uh, I don't know, maybe the end of that last week, I emailed the volunteer coordinator again. And I am a little stronger in my wording this time, still really polite and respectful, but a little stronger in my wording. And I'm like, here's the spots. You know, it looks like nobody's giving up their spots. So here's the three days. 
throughout the semester that I'd like. Please put my name in on these spots and remove the person that's there. And by the way, I picked three spots on three days of the people that took 10 or 12 spots each. So I'm sure they won't mind giving up one spot for me so that my family can have an opportunity for this and so that my son can get to see his parents in the classroom instead of somebody else's the whole time, you know? Didn't get a response. (laughs) So as of today, when I'm recording this, what the solution is, is they sent out an email yesterday that said, due to the overwhelming response, we are going to add additional volunteering opportunities. Please keep your eyes peeled. No acknowledgement of the fact that a few people took all of the spots and no additional instruction that those people cannot take these additional spots that are now coming out. So I'm not sure what will happen. (laughs) You know, they haven't actually added the spots yet. Hopefully I'll be able to grab some. And all of this, what it brought up in me was a few different things. One is it started this conversation because I was so frustrated. Like there's two things that really came up strong in me from an emotional reaction standpoint. One of those things was the question, which I, uh, this is what I put out on my Instagram. And I got this overwhelming response from people saying, this is what happens. Like, this is the mom clicks. This is the mean girls. Like, this is high school. This is how the PTA is. Like all this negative stuff about the experience of trying to volunteer in their children's classrooms. I also got a lot of people saying, these are the people that shame you if you don't volunteer, if you have to work or you're not able to volunteer because they they martyr themselves that like they're so self-sacrificing to be there every week and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's so interesting to me because, you know, I work and that's why I'm trying to get a couple days reserved so I can work around that. No, I cannot be there every week, nor do I want to be. But, you know, I don't think it's fair that if you are a working mom or a working dad and you want to be in the classroom, that somebody would jeopardize every single spot, making it so that you can't guarantee yourself a time and potentially take that time off of work, right? So it brought up this big question and big frustration in me around entitlement. And I put this out to my Instagram and I got that response and it just fired me up even more. And and that's the question I want to bring today is a question for us as the collective of mothers. These were all mothers signed up for spots because you have to identify your relationship on the form, like who you are to the child, everybody's mom. My first initial reaction was, are they just oblivious? Like, do they not realize that they took 12 spots or 10 spots and that there's 20 kids? So if they do the math, like they are obviously taking spots from other people. And I was like, surely maybe they're just oblivious, you know, maybe they think nobody else wants to volunteer, but then multiple emails go out about it. So now it's a more insidious thing where I'm like, okay, we need to have a conversation about entitlement and this feeling in, in the ego of the parent, especially of the mother, where you do something like this. You take 10 or 12 spots in a classroom that has a limited number of spots already available because these are already only half-time kids. And after repeated like multiple emails going out asking you to give up some of your spots, you don't do it. So there's a big conversation around entitlement and what does that mean for you in- internally if you think that it's okay to do that, that you are entitled to all those spots more than other parents and that after being asked to give some of them up, you still don't do it. Your ego is so present in that conversation internally that you say to yourself, eh, doesn't apply to me. That is a question for the collective of mothers. Like, What is that in us? Where, you know, is that martyrdom? Is that ego? What is it? And I'm interested because perhaps a previous version of me would have done something similar. 
and I feel that, you know, I, I could see. And, and I even have a little bit of that when the new list comes out with the new opportunities. I'm like, well, maybe I'll take 10 of them just to prove a point. I'm like, whoa, Lindsay, <laughs> whoa. You know, so there's a big conversation around entitlement and the ego and what's happening there in the mother. Maybe it's martyrdom. Maybe it's, I'm not sure. The second thing is codependency. And this came up a lot in the DMs I got and the conversations I've had about it where people were like, those women are so codependent on their kids, they can't even go a single week without showing up in their kid's classroom. And I was like, okay, fair point. Yeah. Are we giving our kids enough space to form an identity and go through all the emotions and all the challenges of being kindergartners if they know that mom's going to be there once a week? You know, they need to be doing that identity formation away from the safety and comfort of mom. And there's plenty of resources in most classrooms to support kids in what they experience there, especially if there's volunteers, <laughs> you know? And so I really had to work through the emotions of like, man, is there an epidemic of codependency on our kindergartners in this generation of mothers where, you know, these are halftime kids, so they're already only at school two and a half days a week. And then these moms are volunteering every single week of the school year. And I'm asking myself, like, what need are you fulfilling? in yourself that you feel like you need to show up in that room every single week. Is that the best thing for your child? I don't know. So those are the two questions that I want to ask the collective. And I, you know, if you're in this situation or you've been through this situation, those are things that I felt like they were kind of common feelings based on all of the responses I got when I shared my frustration on my social media. And lastly, I, I just want to mention three things that I wrote down as things that like I learned about myself and that I really had to work through over the last couple of weeks of going through the emotions of this and feeling the anger and my response wanting to be like to email the principal and be like WTF, you know, like who are these people and can you please send an email that's like, hey, don't be an idiot. Don't take three spots each people, you know, like solve the problem. And it really took a lot <laughs> for me not to do that. And here's kind of what what I wrote down is, as my key takeaways from this whole thing happening. So number one, Speak up for what you believe in. These are our children. These are the learning environments that they're going to be in for presumably years if they're in school, public school or, or private school, like outside of the homeschool. This is a learning environment that they will be in for many, 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 many years and, and thousands and thousands of hours, right? Don't be afraid to speak up for what you believe in. The second thing is to offer help and be part of the solution. I was really, really careful in the wording of my responses to the emails to offer help, to offer us a solution, not to just send in a nasty email and not to shame anybody, not to be a B-I-T-C-H, like really trying to be calm and respectful and put it out there as like, my family deserves the same opportunity to experience volunteering in the classroom. My son deserves the same opportunity to see his mom come a couple times a semester into the class as everybody else's kid. Please give me the opportunity to do that. Perhaps you could limit it to three people. That was my first suggestion. The next one was like, perhaps you can just put my name on these three days and solve the problem. So always offer to help create the solution if you can. And the third thing I learned was don't put your child in the middle of stuff like this in school. Inevitably, something's going to come up around the schooling environment of your child over their lifetime in school. And it's going to need to be something that you deal with as an adult on their behalf, directly with the adults that are leading their learning environment. Don't put your kid in the middle of that conversation. I say this because I was sitting at the dinner table the other night or lunch, and I was talking to my nanny 
about, you know, what the progress on this had been. And Sawyer was eating his lunch, just kind of not, presumably not paying attention. And he goes, mom, I really want you to volunteer in my classroom three times. I'm going to tell my teacher that I really want you to volunteer for three times and she needs to let you do that. And I was like, oh, buddy. Yeah. Like, thank you for saying that. And thanks for noticing. And I, I am doing my best to be in your classroom three times this semester. I, I really want to see you and I really want to read to you. And that's an adult conversation. And mommy will deal with that with your teacher. Please do not say anything about that. That is an adult conversation. And I really, you know, noticed that even at five, you know, he's very keyed into me being upset about something and very much as the oldest child, I guess most children would probably do this, very much wants to go help. And I think it would be very unfair to him and very unfair to his relationship with his teacher to put him in that position where I send him in as the messenger to say something to her. So just be very cognizant of when you have a conflict happening in the school environment, at least at this age that my kids are, I would say it's not a good idea to put them in the middle of it, make them the messenger. Maybe later in high school, they need to handle their own problems. But for now, you know, in elementary school, especially when it's something like volunteering, I really think that these type of conversations need to happen directly with the parent to the teacher, the parent to the administration. So those are my other three takeaways. I hope this was helpful. It's a little story of my life, managing a little aspect of my my mental load here and you know, really acknowledging that there's a lot of challenges for a lot of us to volunteer in classrooms. It's not easy to take off work. It's not easy to find spots always. And sometimes it's not easy to deal with the politics of it, it sounds like, and that there is a lot of this like mom click kind of thing that I heard a lot about in DMs. And I that breaks my heart. You know, I, I think these are questions we need to ask ourselves in a schooling environment. You know, are we, are we showing up to fulfill some unmet need of our own? Or are we showing up to help the school and help our kids? Maybe both, you know, but it's a point of inquiry that I hope if you're listening and it resonates that you can uh, take away, do a little bit of thinking on and, and perhaps approach it differently in the future. So as always, thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts or stories you want to share, shoot them over to me on Instagram. We're at motherload.pod or at Lindsay Roselle. I always welcome conversations about these things and I will see you soon on another episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and know someone else that would benefit from today's conversation, it would mean so much to me if you share this episode with them or even share it to your social media and tag me so I can personally thank you. As always, I am so grateful you're on this journey with me. And until next time, remember that even when the load feels really heavy, you are never alone.